Welcome to Myths. I'm Matt Hoss. And I'm Dan Rhodes. Whether you know about Theseus or you're revising your syllabus. If you want tales with a bit of jest or you just want to hear about incest. What? What? It's really interesting. Welcome to Myths. Welcome to Myths. Hello and welcome to Miss Podcast. I'm your host Matt Horse, and what a delight it is to see you here today. Um, and next up, we've got some banging tracks and uh, some amazing music for you to hear today. And I'm with my absolutely amazing co-host. It is Mr. Dan Rhodes. Hello, how is it going today? Hi there, Matt. Thank you for having me. We are being slick, ready professionals today. We are. We're episode sixty-two. We decided to finally get our professionals in here. <laughs> We decided to do it properly, and we've uh, rehearsed and scripted every single thing we say today, haven't we, Matt? It's going to be slicker than the moose's back. Yeah, uh, slicker, that's in the script. <laughs> in the script. Slicker than the moose's back. Matt, uh, tell me a bit about yourself. Uh, well, I think, if anything, on this podcast, I've said too much about myself, <laughs> but I'm a, a very a warm, personable, and a friendly guy. Your host. Uh, and so, Dan, why am I speaking in this kind of weird radio voice? I don't know, but I like it, and I think we should keep it up. Should I make more radio voice? Should I, should I go Frank Zappa on the radio Should we go voice? 1930s radio voice? Okay there, Swift Snapper, let's, uh, uh, it's uh, the wartime Britain, let's go! <laughs> like, radio comedy. <laughs> yeah. Ah, Max Miller! Exactly. <laughs> yeah, let's be yeah, radio Welcome com- to Myths, everybody, it's what? me, Dan Rose, my host, Man Hoss. <laughs> Man Hoss. Man Hoss here. Your female companion. Man Hoss here, yeah, back in radio, 1930s New York. Oh, we oh we from hey, New York, yeah. Well, obviously we're from New York. That's why we're doing these radio accents. I thought I was going. I was trying to do like. A, oh goodness me, pip pip. Yes, yes. No, I think British radio, like wartime radio, is more like. You're listening to the BBC on. You are listening to the BBC. And <laughs> Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. How would yeah. I do it? Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. That's a that's a radio like Hello, 1930s man. voice. Dear ladies and gentlemen, welcome today to the BBC at one. It's very funny to me. I'm Clifford Harrington Bingsley. And I have a acorn in my butt. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, just kind of like, very like... Like an uh, acorn in their butt. (laughs) Is that what you just said? It's in the script. (laughs) Uh, But uh, why, why, Dan, am I doing this radio voice? Why have I turned on my professionalism so much? Because Matt has a radio show now on Radio Stockton, 7 till 9 p.m. on Fridays. Mm, I'm a radio DJ. And did I invite my friend Dan Rhodes to be there? Absolutely not. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm officially DJ now, guys. I've got my own show and everything. I'm going to be doing live shows every Friday. Uh, and uh, yeah, you're welcome to tune in online. Uh, and it's very exciting, Dan. Uh, you, um, and do you know how much of a professional I was during that? I was holding uh, like an ear. Yeah, like, I was holding a fake earpiece. Yeah, and like, as if I'm a reporter or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, I wouldn't have to do that in the studio anyway. Um, but yeah, so Dan, are you happy for me? I am happy for you. What kind of stuff, uh, what kind of content do you reckon as a DJ I'll bring? Probably a lot of heavy metal. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. A heavy metal mat. But I think, in all fairness, although I do love a little bit of metal, uh, I think that I I'm, I like to keep it broad for the listeners. I want to pick, I want to invoke people in. Do some cool niche stuff, but also, you know, open it up for the masses. Matt Hoss for the masses. 16-year-old Matt that made all those playlists and fake radio discs could see you now. <laughs> in all fairness, like, well, you say 16-year-old Matt Hoss, more like... 22. 22-year-old <laughs> Matt Hoss. Because <laughs> I'm... About, uh, when I met 
some of my very close friends called uh, losing uh, Luke and Susie. Uh, there, I did this thing with them where we would get drunk in the night in their house, and we would um, uh, we I would put like music and I'd pretend to do like a radio voice, like "Hello and welcome to Matt FM. Here's all the best songs." And basically, I would like call all the tracks, and that only happened a couple of years ago. So I'm doing I'm reliving Matt FM. Uh, what, what do you reckon I should have called my show? Because like, I thought because it's my first show, and the, the guy asked me, "What do you want to call my show?" And I thought. Is the Matt Hoss show fine? And he didn't seem quite happy with that. So I um, I suggested maybe Hospital Radio. Hospital Radio. That's pretty good. Mm, music with Matt. <laughs> Matt's music. Matt's music. Magical music time with Matt Hoss. Have you got a jingle for the show? Not yet, but I'm... It, actually, yeah, it goes BBC like this. Radio Stockton. It, it will actually... Um, it'll be like this. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to Matt's Hospital Show. <laughs> what would you do if I actually did that? That'd be funny. Yeah, it'd be funny. I'm like one person that's ever yeah. listened to this podcast. But uh, so, Dan, what's up? Have you got a radio show? No, I don't have a radio show, Matt. Oh, that's unfortunate, isn't it? Oh, a bit, bit unfortunate. You know, not, not as cool as me. I seem to be doing a little bit better than you. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, this is this is where I this like oh. this is where I skyrocket <laughs> to the people, the masses of Stockton. You know, yeah. and uh, you know, you know, Stockton's a pretty Stockton's a new London. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna be. Uh, the heart and soul of that community. That's know? good, yeah. And um, I will, I will, will be playing soul music as well. No, so. you've done really well for yourself, Matt. Yeah. Are you going to be listening, tuning in? Probably not. No. Why not? Why would I listen to Radio Stockton? I can't even get Radio Stockton. Uh, yes, you, you can listen online and from your DB radio. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm checked. <laughs> I'm not. A well, we need to wait until Friday. We'll yeah, find yeah. out exactly how you look and listen to it. Yeah. So you know, this. Um, uh, I I think I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have guests on every week uh, and just kind of chat. You know, just chat. Chew the chew the curd. Is that the right term? Chew the fat. That's it. Chew the fat. Chew the fat on that horse, which is a diet technique. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna be playing games and just having a bit of a laugh. So do check in every Friday from seven to nine. So get to hear my. My dulcet tones. Because if you're like listening every week, it's like, oh, it's Monday and a new Miss podcast episode's out. I'm just not that hot in my life. Uh, Wait till Friday. Uh, no one's ever thought that before. No one's ever like, thought yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, but Dan, how's your week been? Pretty good. Went to Krakow, Poland. <laughs> Did you go and crack off? <laughs> I've been dying to use that for the last half an hour and it hasn't been worth it. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, yes, I went to the land of the Po. Poland. Uh, so when are you going to go to La La Land? <laughs> Again, telly to be jokes. Did, uh, I've been really setting, good, I've yeah. been setting this for the whole podcast recording. I was like, oh, I've got some hot jokes, but I hope I don't do this at Radio Stockton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was good fun. Good fun. I would rec- highly recommend. Uh, very affordable. Very interesting. Historical. I wouldn't go if you don't like World War Two because it's very World <laughs> War Two heavy. But yeah. I don't mind that kind of thing. I, does anyone? Like, I know what you're trying to say, but does anyone like World War II? Not in the terms that they might find it interesting, but no one's like, oh, I fucking love World War II, or bloody love... Uh, I'm yeah. sure some people get into it. Yeah, they, they, I guess, we, like, warring acting people. Yeah, warring acting people. But no one's a fan. No one's, a, no one's no, like, no one's oh, like, oh, I'm World War II's biggest fan. That, be, that being said, there are probably some far-righty people that are probably are big fans of that as well. Sure. Uh, so, if you're a Nazi, please email us in at misspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, no, Krakow's good, full of uh, people doing stag do's. 
Oh, really? Well, the stag do's in Krakow because really? it's very cheap there to have the it's, it seems a bit... alcohol's very cheap. But, obviously, Aus- no, let's, let's get to the elephant in the room. But Auschwitz is there, which... Um, Auschwitz, how- that is near where Auschwitz is, yes. So, it's kind of weird to have, like, a party destination, like a lot of stag do's, and then also... A genuinely like harrowing experience. I know it's not in the same. It's not in the same street. If you know no, I mean. it's like, not in the uh, same street. Uh, but uh, all I'm saying is that it's gonna be. Although quite, I don't. Maybe, quite, maybe there's a market for stag dudes in Auschwitz. I don't know. Definitely a line. We've got to be careful with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's talk about it. Like, uh, how was uh, Auschwitz? Anyway? Very interesting. I think everyone should go. I think it's important to know uh, what humans are capable of. And it's sometimes, uh, you know, it's, it's important to learn these things. You took pictures. Um, on your on on your camera, <laughs> took pictures on your arm, <laughs> and <laughs> but you um uh and just from like looking at the photos, it's genuinely har- like, like harrowing. If you know what I mean, it's very weird. Do you know about pictures? Do you not think this is a bit messed up? I thought it was very inappropriate. You know the sign where it's like, um, "I'll buy marked free work sets you free" or whatever. Um, over the famous like Iron Gate, mm-hmm. loads of like particularly. Let's say young teenage f- girls yeah. taking like Instagrammable like poses yeah. under the like, like duck gate. Face. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how I that's felt about that. That's weird, isn't it? And, in fact, I remember when I went to New York, and uh, uh, a lot of people were taking selfies at nine eleven and ground zero. Uh, ground zero. And that's yeah. a weird time to take a selfie, isn't it? Yeah. Being like uh, you had like a lot of couples with selfie sticks, like pouting and like kissing each other on the cheek like under the sign and I was like what the f-? yeah I just think that's a bit inappropriate really uh, yeah it's a bit weird Not, but I know that they're on holiday and yeah. it's good to be like hey we went here and maybe they're there for the right reasons yeah. they're also there to learn yeah I just think there's something it's, yeah I yeah. think there's a t- I think take pictures but I think it's when because the whole point of a selfie is to kind of it's kind of a it's a self portrait isn't it yeah. uh, to put to, to, to paint yourself with that backdrop it it's either you're bragging that you're there, which isn't a brag, and also, or, or, or you're trying to seem important. You're painting yourself into something which you're not meant to be painted into. You know yeah. I mean? Like, uh, I feel like, yeah, so it's have the I mean, right message. I, I don't really take any pictures of myself. I, take, I mean, as anyone who's seen my pictures yeah. from holidays will tell you, I don't really have any of them with, of me in. So I'm not really like that anyway. But I just thought that was particularly... Yeah. But yeah. also, your camera would crack as well. I'd be like, oh god, damn road! Exactly, it would probably yeah. explode. Uh, but also, like, um, what, what's, what's also interesting with the... Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, again, talking about taste, and because this is like, because uh, I uh, again in Berlin, which was tastefully done. Like in uh, in Berlin, I went to the Jewish Museum, which was uh, it was half art installation, half um, like uh, uh, like museum, uh, and it's genuinely very powerful and moving. But they get it right that the tone's right, and no one's exploiting that as well. Everyone's on the same page. However, as I said, I went to Ground Zero, and the most American because th- people were taking pictures and. It's, a very sad vibe, but the worst thing about that, at the end of when you leave, there's a gift shop. There like, is a gift yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, like, that's, a, yeah. that's a bad vibe, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like a New York gift shop. I've yeah. seen that. Because yeah, like, yeah. who wants to buy a t-shirt of an explosion? We're like, whoa, we want the terrorist. Like spin. a picture of the yeah. twin towers. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like yeah. that's like that's official merchandise as well. Like it's like some have been laden beards. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, what, what, if you, if you, imagine if I was your job as well, it's like, alright Dave, uh, Dave, you gotta manage, you gotta create merchandise from the 9-11 shop, okay? <laughs> yeah, uh, for like, Ground Zero, use the merchandise for Ground Zero, God, for, God forbid, you know, we don't make money out of a crisis and uh, people die, so. No, you're right though, it's just a bit weird, isn't it? What, what, so what merchandise would you have at the 9-11 shop? Can I just say, actually, there was a gift shop, there is a gift shop at Auschwitz. Was there? But it's not like key rings and t-shirts, it's like books and DVDs. <laughs> So, yeah, because I think when you get into key rings, uh, that's I think that's the point of yeah. of tackiness. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, no, it's uh, like books and DVDs and stuff. But I think that's but that's more like further reading kind of thing. Saying, oh, if you enjoyed this, why don't you check out this? Yeah. That, oh, they were nothing to do with Auschwitz. <laughs> Just the Waterstones. <laughs> Just the Waterstones. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, if you enjoyed Auschwitz, here's Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter. No, I'm joking. Of course, it was uh, it was Holocaust related. As for the comedy, <laughs> but no, it was very interesting. No, and everyone should go. You really, really should go. And Krakow in general is a very, very beautiful place. A lot of churches, churches and beer. That's pretty much what Krakow is. Did you drink quite a lot in Krakow? Well, it was like one pound a pint, even in like nice restaurants. Oh my god, I would drink so much. I'd be so drunk all the time. <laughs> I, I wish it was that cheap everywhere, if you know what I mean. No, it was really, really good. Um, and you also went to... Architecture's the, really nice as well. You went to the salt mines. Went to the not, salt mines? Yeah, the salt mines. I didn't know this existed until half an hour ago. So really, what, what is really it? interesting. It's uh, from this Because it sounds boring. Salt mines... If you said salt mines to me, it sounds like... It's, it's a late 17th century salt mine that, uh, as of 1996, is no longer a salt mine. Um, but they've basically turned every all the old chambers of the mine into like chapels, basically, and like yeah, rooms and caverns, and, and, caverns, and, and, like, and there's like chandeliers, and there's actually a working church there, about 120 meters down and under the ground. And do people live there? People don't live in the mine, but they do service every Sunday, and you can have weddings and stuff down there. Yeah, it, get, a bit of a it was weird, very interesting. Yeah, slightly weird vibe for a, uh, for a wedding, though. If you know what I mean, because you're gonna get like. Yeah, it's quite dark, if you know what I mean. I'm sure you want to be quite a light day, but also, like, um, you know, it's salt romantic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, let's, let's pretend we've got our wedding bells okay, and we're yeah. in the salt caverns. Uh, okay. uh, this is really just prophecy to, to come up. Like, what kind of romantic sentiment could you make with um, like salt? Be like, oh, I'd have you on my chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, actually. Well, oh, i got I got to make right. I'll say something to you, but you've got to say something romantic back with yeah. the salt. Be like, yeah. Um, Daniel, we're closer. Salt and vinegar. That's pretty good. That's, That's nice. nice. Yeah. Matt, you are a salty fellow. <laughs> Is that romance? <laughs> Is that romance in your book? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you're on the first date. Wow, you taste. <laughs> you taste nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I'll, I'll You're the salt to my pepper. Oh, that's better. That's better than the, the salt. salt of my earth, and that's funny because we're in a cavern right now under the earth. See, that's actually quite nice. That's good. Mm. Um, I, 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 there's got to be some. I'll be something like, "Hey, you are like salt because you make everything taste better." That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's got something to do with like sodium being like, uh, if any. If anyone tries to get you, I'll be like, nah, which is the chemical symbol for sodium. Mmm, yeah, Radio Stockton coming in live. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very interesting, though. Um, um, was there any 9-11 merchandise down there? Uh, no. Oh, that's a shame. Unfortunately not. 
But yeah, what other stuff happened in Krakow? Um, God, what else happened? What else happened? What else happened? I had some stroganoff. It was very delicious. I had some vodka. It was surprisingly tasty, actually. Went to a really cool like jazz bar. A lot of jazz in Krakow. Oh, that's cool. Uh, it was like a... You paid 20 zloty, which is... Wait, wait, four pound, and they make you any cocktail you want. Really? You just say like, "Hey, I'm really into this sort of thing," and they're like, "Cool." And like, as they're making it, they're asking you questions like, "Are you liking it? Do you want it sweet? Do you want it sour? How much alcohol do you want in it?" Like, and they yeah. just make it for four. Imagine in London if you went to a bar that made you anything you wanted yeah. with the cost of the cocktail. It'd be like ten quid. Yeah, exactly. And like, also, I think the best kind of cocktails are the one that you make because you get the feel what you're buying. If you know what I mean. Like, Although whoever was the business manager there was not. He was missing a trick because basically, you get this: you come down into the bar, really nice jazz club. There's then like uh, a massive doorway that kind of goes through into another room, and that's where the stage and the jazz performers were doing their thing. They're vibing it. There were like different acts on every thirty minutes, and people there, you know, those circular tables with the lamps yeah, on, the and cabaret, like, like cabaret, yeah, yeah. They're listening to the jazz. Now, the and door was really big. Sorry, I imagine when they're playing the jazz, it sounds a bit like uh, like our nineteen thirties voice. Right? Hello, and welcome to the show. How's it going? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, Expe- except it was more like. Nottingham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people from Nottingham in Krakow. Um, <laughs> they came over to see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope no Polish people are listening to this because that was a horrible. There's beautiful language, and I just made that sound horrendous. I hope no people from Nottingham are listening to this. <laughs> Anyway, so you go into the jazz, there's a bar, and then you go through, and then there's like, um, but the area where the jazz was, where those people were sitting on tables, drinking their cocktails, you know, listening to the jazz, um, you had to pay to go through into that area to sit down, mm-hmm. and like, you basically, what you're doing is paying to listen to the jazz. Yeah. But because, and there were bouncers and stuff, but because the the door was so big, and yeah. the bar area was so big... You could quite easily just sit in the bar area where there were also lots of chairs and tables and still, because no one was really talking that loudly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And still look and see and listen to the jazz. (laughs) So I don't really know what the point was of paying to go into the room. It's kind of like, uh, it reminds me when... um, Maybe it's uh, like an elitist thing. Like, oh, we're in this part of the bar. It, it, it seems like you, they've done one over on you, if you know what I mean. Like, as if you if you pay money to go in and they just they let you just uh, on the in on the other side of it, just behind the wall, it's just exactly the same. It's kind of like I'm not sure if you've seen the episode of The Simpsons where uh, the the family go over to uh, um, Itchy and Scratchy Land, and he goes, uh, "Sir, would you like to buy a hundred pounds, a whole hundred dollars worth of their Itchy and Scratchy dollars?" It's like, "Yeah, sure," and he buys it all, and then no one accepts Itchy and Scratchy dollars. <laughs> you know, he's like, "Oh, just been duped by the system." <laughs> anyway, Daniel, are you ready to? Um, uh, have you got anything else to say about Krakow? Uh, anyway, uh, Who did you go with? Uh, my flatmate Liam. Oh, not me. That's, that's a bit weird, you know. Like, uh, if we do a podcast together, you haven't invited me on holiday. Um, Mate, do you want to go on holiday? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, are you ready for a myth, Dan? I'm ready for a myth. The penultimate. Odyssey episode. Sorry, I forgot what the <laughs> sentence was halfway through. Try again. This is the penultimate Odyssey, Odyssey episode. Welcome to the Odyssey. Where we meet a man stranded at sea. Searching for home with varying success. Why didn't he just book a National Express? Uh, Dan, well, welcome to uh, 
uh, episode 62, part 11 of this series, and uh, and in this episode, are we gonna um, are we gonna get in the right order? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Apologies to anyone that listened to episode 60. Uh, hopefully, One, it was a shambles. But I feel that if anything, I'm quite proud that it's taken a 61 episode to get that far because I thought that was definitely day one kind of thing. So yeah. Uh, but yeah. So what's been happening in the land of Ithaca recently? Well, it feels like for the last 15 episodes, they've just been in the house. Yeah, he's just been waiting his time. Yeah, a lot of dickheads. More and more people are knowing who he is too, which is bad. So how about, do, instead of a, in, in lieu of a summary, how about I give you a little pop quiz? Okay, you, yeah. yeah, let's do that. So, tell me, um, so, because obviously Odysseus is uh, planning, uh, the suit is all over the house. Yeah. How, how many, roughly, how many suitors are there in, in his palace? Um, hundreds. About, about 120. About yeah. 119 at last count. Well, two of them died of a heart attack, but yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but when, um, so why, why? Um, well, one would die because you said 120. Not 119 is one less than 20. Carry on. In my head, it was. Um, I, th- I thought I said 121. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, why, why is the trying to get rid of them? Because they're trying to marry his. They're trying to bang his wife. Well, marry his wife. Trying yeah. to marry and bang his wife. And. Uh, and they're not very nice people. Not very nice people. Who, They've been there for 20 years or something. Or 10 years. Yeah, 10 after years. After the Trojan War, they, they assume, thought he was dead. They assume Odysseus isn't there. And uh, they've been trying to kill Telemachus. And they've been trying to get become kings of Ithaca, if you know what I mean. Uh, however, Penelope's not into it. And uh, what, what happened in the last episode, Dan? In the last episode, uh, something quite important happened. <laughs> Finally. He went, one of his servant ladies, Penelope, bathed him. Uh, I think Eurycleia. Eurycleia yeah. bathed him. And in bathing, noticed a very distinctive... Hunting wound he has a scar on his leg. Yeah, she was giving uh, the disguise to Discus because he's dressed as a beggar a good old cleany bath, but very high up in the thigh. Very high up in the thigh. Like, I think it's got to be. I'm going to touch down right now for the purpose, yeah. uh, and I think it's got to be right there. <laughs> like, it's near nutsack. You know, near I mean? nutsack. Just <laughs> for reference, Matt <laughs> leaned over me and touched the leg furthest away from him. Yeah, he touched. How how many, how far away in centimeters away from your uh, genitals? You gotta get a ruler as well. About <laughs> six centimeters away from the base of my gooch. <laughs> uh, for reference, six centimeters is about the size of your dick. <laughs> yeah, two and a half inches. Two and a half inches. So slightly bigger, actually. <laughs> Uh, I was going to ask you a horrible question, but then I realised your mum listens to this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, uh, what else happened last episode? That after this, after you were clear, found out, what did he do? Uh, he said, shut your fucking mouth, you bitch. <laughs> Not quite, but yeah. Oh, basically. Yeah, basically. Didn't he threaten to kill her? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, uh, and then, but uh, Penelope can't wait any longer. The guys, uh, the suit is like, right, you have to choose us. And she goes, okay, I'm going to choose you, but you have to complete a task, something uh, to make you as worthy as the old Odysseus. And she's still hoping that he might turn up, but she thinks he's probably dead. Yeah. But So this beggar Odysseus is trying to uh, compete with the other suitors as yes. well. And that's where we kind of left off. Is there anything else we need to add? No. We're, so Shit's about to go down. Shit is about to go down. And here we go. So, Penelope ascends to the upper chamber of the palace, where Odysseus' famous bow is kept. So famous, it's the first time we've heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's like his... Uh, 
Uh, I think we'll hear more details about it in a second, but we haven't heard more about it. Let me know, and we'll chat about that. Uh, Odysseus had received the mighty weapon years ago from Iphitus, uh, a friend whom he met shortly before Iphitus' death at the hands of Heracles. Uh, Odysseus had kept the bow in Ithaca when he left for Troy. Now Penelope retrieves the bow and its arrows, and, as well, she collects her husband's strong axes, there's 12 of them in total, I believe. So she, she, she brings them down into the main hall and offers her challenge to the suitors. Whoever can string the bow up properly and shoot an arrow through the 12 handles of the axes consecutively, as in shoot through all of them with a single arrow, can claim Penelope to be his bride. I recognise this famous challenge. Yeah, whereabouts? This is a thing I've heard of before. It's also the beginning of a... Film production house. Yeah, 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 yeah. It goes like through that. I'm not sure which one it is necessarily, but yeah, I think yeah. this is quite a famous bit because he has to shoot through twelve axe handles, uh, which is like pretty, sm- pretty small pickings as well. Uh, also, someone, also slightly impossible as well because if you had twelve axes just standing up, but I think because of the curve, because of yeah. gravity having its effect on the arrow, yeah, it would like so you can't just shoot straight, straight. flat. If you know yeah. what I mean. Uh, so unless you could do it, unless I suppose the point is, unless you fire the arrow so you're so strong that you can yeah. fire the arrow so quickly yeah. that it remains straight enough. Yeah, but I'm not sure. I think it, for the purposes of this, I think it might be dangling down. So it's like kind of ha- hanging on ropes. You have to shoot for all of it. If you yeah. know what I mean. But um, the also the hard thing is the, the that's not the main challenge. The main challenge is to string up the bow properly because it's essentially like a bit of old bark and wood but Odysseus is able to thread it up properly but no like, it's quite it's, imagine it's like a really bendy piece of wood and you're like just trying to it's really hard to get a handle yeah. on it as well so um, but it's a bit weird though like Penelope after 10 after 10 years of trying to like stave off men she goes okay just she like, doesn't know that Odysseus is back right no, no. she doesn't know but I, I she's like well if you shoot some things I'll be your wife you know yeah, what I mean? like, uh, or is she purposely doing tasks she knows they can't do exactly that's the whole point yeah uh, She's actually, but she's trying to make her it seem like she's yeah. interested. But then again, in the same vein, it, it's a, it's a kind of a win, not a win-win situation. But if someone was able to do it, then she'd be like, "Shit!" On the yeah. same, on the same, but it's the same kind of Midas Odysseus. If you know yeah. what I mean. it, uh, they might be a nice person, but they're certainly maybe worthy of kingship. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So, although continuous, the lead and most antagonizing suitor. Uh, he is quite cautious of the task. However, he believes that he'll be the one to accomplish this feat. So, Telemachus, Odysseus' son, who has been helping him uh, like uh, concoct his plans, Telemachus astonishes the suitors by expertly setting up the axes in a perfect row. He had never before seen them set up in this way. Claiming that his mother will be freed from her obligation to remarry if he can accomplish the feat. Telemachus is the first to attempt to string the bow. So, I, I get that, because Telemachus, Telemachus is the first one to have a girl, so no one else has to marry her. But he's not going to marry her. I mean, no, he's I saying, bet. if I do it, then none of you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the veto. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. But imagine that, if he's like, actually, mama, come on home. Because <laughs> yeah. my name is Telemachus Oedipus. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um... After failing three times, Telemachus almost succeeds in stringing the bow, but a quick sign from his disguised father makes him surrender at the last moment. The suitors, at Antinous's bidding, take turns attempting to string the bow. The first to try after Telemachus is the prophet, Leodes, who fails to string the bow. 
If he was a prophet, surely he should have saw that coming. Yeah, he should have seen that coming. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Anguished, he announces that death is preferable to losing the goal for which they have all striven so long. Surely such death awaits all those who fail in the contest. Well, he's a fun, he's a fun guy, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, imagine that. Oh, come on, guys, we've been waiting for this for ten years. Oh. I'd what? rather die. And we will all die if we fail. Alright, mate. <laughs> Calm down. Continuous quiets him down and then orders Melanthius to start a fire and bring Tallow to limber up the stiff bow. Do you remember who Melanthius is? I do. He's the he is Telemachus's friend who he brought on the boat. It's, no, he's the evil suitor. I think he's isn't he the goat He's herd? a guy in the he's Odyssey. A, he's a goat herd, right? He's the evil goat herd. The evil goat herd, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, of I, course. I, I might be incorrect, but I think... No, Melanth- I think you're right. He's the evil goat herd. I thought he was evil something. Because we, uh, we've discussed before Eumaeus, who is the lovely swine herd, and he's nice, but Melanthius is a goat herd. He's a bit of an arsehole, isn't he? You know, yeah. I mean? So, uh, yeah, Melanthius uh, is the goat herd, and what happens? The goat herd... Oh, literally. You know what? In both, because earlier I was like, "Oh, man, I don't know uh, if we just read along, right, this wouldn't be essentially a mansplaining my own podcast." <laughs> the goat herd, well done, Matt, complies, and the suitors resume their attempts at the bow, but to no avail. Eumaeus, that's the swine herd, yeah, and Philotitus, Philoitius, uh, I think. Philoitius. Oh, think, that's a good name. I think Philoitius is... Philoitus. I think he's a cowherd, and he's also very nice. Oh, okay. Eumaeus and Philoitius wander outside the hall, and Odysseus shortly follows them. After ascertaining the extent of their loyalty, Odysseus suddenly reveals his identity to them, <gasps> proving his authenticity with the scar on his leg. Okay. This is a big deal for Eumaeus Big as well. deal, because the guy he's had at his house for the couple of, last couple of the, nights... The guy who's been helping him. Yeah. Because uh, if you're a Eumaeus... Uh, uh, and you did a lovely accent of his before. Uh, uh, how would you react in this situation? What accent did I do for him again? A very Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Oh yeah, that was it. Yorkshire Swineherd. Yeah. Yorkshire Swineherd. <gasps> Eumaeus, it is I, Oedipus. Oh <laughs> bloody hell! Oh flippin' heck! Oh my goody god, golly gosh! You said Oedipus, by the way, not Odysseus. So if it was Oedipus, but oh, are you the motherfucker? <laughs> Uh, you, podcast listeners, you don't know this, but uh, every time because Dan does uh, a portion of the episode description for the for the notes, uh, but every time because uh, Odysseus and Odyssey are quite hard words to spell in all fairness, but every time Dan spells it differently, a bit like Shakespeare, it, cha- it changes the spelling every <laughs> time as well. It. Uh, I think I spelled it wrong so many times on my computer that it's like Microsoft now. Like, <laughs> do you have special needs? <laughs> Spell checks, my own incorrectness. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, this is a big deal. You may see like that's like his hero and he's yeah. like finally realised that this friend who's made is actually Firstly he finds out that his his master is still alive, that the person he's been looking after is his master. That's a that's a massive thing. And I bet he's like, Oh I'm, I bet he's rethinking everything he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, please don't tell me I ever like made a joke yeah, about Odysseus. Yeah, yeah, I didn't oh, say I'm that s- thing. Oh, please don't tell me I didn't tell that embarrassing story. But also the kind of thing that's a little bit messed up here is that how well known is Odysseus's skull? Because I don't it's think it's very close to his thigh, about yeah. six centimeters in. <laughs> right here, I'm touching the <laughs> thigh again. Uh, ow! Don't hit him with a ruler. Uh, uh, but sorry, you're not sorry. So yeah, but like, I'm surely if if a homeless man just showed you a scar on his leg, that's not identity, is it? You know what I mean? <laughs> Check out my no, we don't want to look, mate. It's fine. Like, but we we don't mind helping you, but please, uh, yeah. So it's a bit of a uh, yeah. I did I, especially like that's that's the story which is 20 years old, and like if 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 you like were 20 
if your master is like, oh yeah, remember that story about me going on a hunting trip? It's like, no, that's not the first thing that comes to mind, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's but true. But apparently that's enough identity and ID for, for, people to know. for Eumaeus and for Alliances. Also, how shit is Athena at making disguises that she can't disguise the scarf, but she can disguise everything else about them? Yeah, but also, like, as we discussed beforehand, like, like a dog could, could recognise it, but no human. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, everyone else is like, wow, oh my god, yeah. Um, also, the thing that's slightly annoying me is because I'm... Um, I think uh, Philitus is not really much of a character, he's just a broadly nice guy. And But he's kind of stealing you mates' thunder here a little yeah. bit because he's just here for the ride. And yeah. He's getting the same kind of treatment, if you know what I mean. But I don't think it's his fair. But anyway. You may have Philitus uh, tearfully rejoice, agreeing to aid Odysseus in his vengeance against the suitors. After Odysseus has given them their orders, the three return inside, where Eurymachus himself at last picked up the bow. He's the evil, evil suitor. Is, yeah, um, was he? Uh, was he one of Tonks's friends? Oh. No, I, yeah, I think uh, yeah, it was, he's an evil one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's like the leader. No, I think Antinous is the leader. I think you remember his second in command. Yeah. I think he also fails to string the weapon and mourns not so much the loss of Penelope, but the realization of the suitor's complete inferiority to the bow's master. However, Antinous superstitiously uses the holiday. As an excuse for their... This is hardly a holiday. As an excuse <laughs> for their failures. He suggests that the suitors sacrifice goats to Apollo the next day and then attempt one more to win Penelope's contest. Okay. Imagine that kind of holiday as well. It's like... Because firstly, they've been on the holiday for, what, the last ten years? Like, they've just yeah, been hanging exactly. out. Uh, secondly... Uh, that's also the same excuse I use whenever I'm at home for Christmas and then I'm losing in a game of Scrabble. It's the holiday! It's the only reason I'm losing! I love that idea they'll be like, right, guys, you have to sacrifice a goat. And then Melanthius is like, guys, I'm running out of goats here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and like, uh, he's the guy who's just been helping out as well. But... And also, I don't think a goat's going to help your problems, is it? Well, it can do. Yeah. Has a goat ever helped you in your problems? No, but I'm sure it would do. If I was starving to death on an island and I came across a goat and I slaughtered and ate the goat and it su- and I lasted and then I could survive for a few more days and I got help, then that would be a good thing, wouldn't it? You're listening to Radio Stockton. What would you do on this island, Dan? I think I'd be alright, just there. Do you reckon, reckon you'll be like Bear Grylls in it? Yeah, my only problem would be if I had to eat a banana. Oh my god. Oh yeah. But what, what, what if they grew Weetabix on the desert island? That's fine. Would you eat dry dry Weetabix? Uh, I would if I had, if I could. Yeah, in a design circumstance. If I could, yeah, yeah, I would could. Yeah, well, did I tell you what happened the other day? By the way, sorry to interrupt this incredible podcast. <laughs> this is very quick, guys, and I think listeners will understand my pain. I had Weetabix the other day, so I had to have some of your shit Weetabix. You oh, there. did you? Yeah. Uh, Christmas Weetabix. This is April now, and yeah. you're having yeah, Christmas, I really have Christmas to, Weetabix. Only if I really have to, do I eat it? Do anyway. Weetabix have a sell by Like, do you have to eat them by a certain point? I guess so. Um, I think it was just like chemical yeah. biscuits, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, radioactive. I went to Tesco's to buy some more Weetabix. There wasn't any. What? There wasn't any. Maybe there's so many fans of this podcast. The last last or... few days, I've had to not have Weetabix until I managed to purchase some recently, and I just wanted to tell you that. I'm sorry. Have you been coping? Have been you having, had been having cocoa pops? Maybe if you didn't eat like 18 Weetabixes a day, that would probably save it. <laughs> probably save, save some, yeah. But also, um, I uh, I was. I've got a couple of friends who listen to the podcast, and there's one person... Um, Good to know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, I, I have friends as well. But, like, uh, um, I, was, I was asking my friend, oh, yeah, so um, what do you think of the podcast so far? And uh, all she said was, 
your friend eats too many Weetabixes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a certain... Um, I was referencing episode 11 where I have my gay outbreak as well. Not gay outbreak, that sounds awful. Uh, I mean, my, my kind of gay uh, reconsideration, I guess. And, my, uh, and uh, I was like, oh, have you got to the weird bit yet? And she goes, in all fairness, Matt, with the two of you, every, every episode is kind of weird. And I was like, fair point, you got us down as <laughs> well. Anyway, um, right, back to this. So um, they, no one can do the bow. And they're about to sacrifice a goat and do another contest. Yeah, so we'll do it tomorrow. We'll probably be better. But that's also not part... Imagine the Olympics. He's like, oh, we fucked that up. Well, I guess we're going to have to... We'll do it again tomorrow. It's like, nothing. <laughs> you can't get a do-over. You know what I mean? However, it is at this moment that Odysseus, uh, and the only people see Odysseus as a beggar, he requests to try the bow in order to see if he has retained the strength of his youth. Antinous violently protests telling him to sit down and be silent, or they will ship him off to be mutilated by ruthless kings. Penelope mocks Antinous' scorn, suggesting that they let the beggar make the attempt. I kind of like Penelope, because she's still giving him sass as well. Yeah, like, yeah. And she's also one of the most... Like, again, I don't want to throw too much shade in, into the Greek mythology, but she's one of the most fuller, char- fuller female characters we've seen. You know, what I mean, she she can uh, she's a she's not just a two D character. She's actually like got she, she's quite a little bit sassy with them as well for good reason. Uh, so she asserts that the stranger cannot win her in marriage, and that he only wants to try the bull for personal reasons. Uh, so he can't marry her, uh, which is unfair, but fair enough. Eurymachus admits, however, that it is not the suitor's fear that the beggar will win Penelope. Instead, they dread the scandalous reproaches they will receive if an old beggarly man succeeds where they have failed. So their reputation's on the line. Penelope continues to mock the suitors, but Telemachus takes the opportunity to silence her and send her away to her upper chamber. Well, hmm, I I like when Penelope mocks the shit out of them, but... She has to go upstairs for a very important reason. Yeah. So Penelope has left the Great Hall. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just them, uh, all the suitors, Odysseus, Telemachus, and the, uh, the swineherds, and goat herd as well. Um, although star- startled by his brashness, Penelope obeys Telemachus and retreats to her room, where Athena uh, sends her into a deep sleep. Now she is safely out the way for the events to come. Mmm... Eumaeus, following Odysseus' plans, picks up the bow and starts carrying it towards his master. The suitors immediately start threatening him, and the swineherd, daunted by them, returns the bows to its place. Telemachus, however, recovers the situation by offering Eumaeus some threats of his own. His angry speech makes the suitors laugh, and while their mood is lightened, Eumaeus takes the opportunity to bring the bow to Odysseus. So Telemachus is, like, playing the part, if you know what I mean. The swineherd, following his orders, uh, then commands Euclea to bar the doors to the hall and to leave them closed no matter what the clamour she hears inside. Euclea being the, the, the maid on the inside yeah. as well. Philitius uh, uses a strong cord to tie up the doors on the outer courtyard. He then returns to the great hall, uh, the doors of which are barred behind him by Euclea. Odysseus sizes up the bow, examine it, examining it deftly from all angles and all sides. The suitors are amazed by his expertise. He then proceeds to string the bow as easily as a musician strings his lyre. He plucks the string to test its resonance, 
and the suitors are astounded. He's actually able to string it up properly. Drawing a swift arrow from the quiver, he launches the shaft through all 12 axe handles without without even rising from his chair. At a nod from Odysseus, Telemachus rises, takes a firm hold of his weapons, and stands beside his noble father. And that, ladies and gentlemen... It's quite dramatic. ...is the end of the part 11. And next week, you're going to have to wait for the finale, because it's going to go down! Uh, are you excited, Dan? I'm excited. That's quite dramatic. Yeah, because like, they've all tried, right. they've all failed. Yeah. Meanwhile, they send them to the room. They're, like, locking the door. They're basically locking these guys in the courtyard. Yeah. It's like uh, the red wedding kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's like, and they're like, And they're all thinking... Wait a minute, what's going on here? There's probably like an eerie silence. Well, I don't think Oedipus just picks up the bow. And it's gone. And everything's kind of straight in place. And then they're all like, oh damn. Well, well, well. So yeah. Anyway, let's go and rank this, Dan. Hey there, my name's Matt Huss, and in this link I have an American accent. And I advocate the safe use of missed podcasts. In small doses. So Dan, how how do we rank this usually? We rank them out of four <laughs> categories. Yeah, yeah, we out ra- of ten, we rank. We have ten categories, and we rank them out of four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what the ten categories? <laughs> uh, yeah. So we have, well, obviously there's life skills, creativity, morals, and uh, WTF. Uh, but what are the other six? We have six categories. Um, we rank the women out of their hotness. <laughs> We rank the men out of their hotness. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's balance, yeah. Yeah, then we rank the men on their sense of humour. Rank the gods on their ability to do their thing. Um, we also we, we also have the... Um... This is going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> life skills, morals, creativity and WTF... Uh, so, let's talk about life skills. What practical things did we learn? We learned how to sh- bow- string a goddamn bow. Yeah. We also learned how to lock doors. Lock doors. We learned how to fire a bow through 12 axe handles. Yes. We learned how to humiliate people. We learned how to sacrifice a goat. We learned how to get into a deep sleep. We learned how to chastise someone for an acting role. We learned how to show someone a scar. Uh, we learned how to point at someone's thigh. Uh, mm. uh, six six centimetres away. Uh and I suppose we, we learned um, something to do with like, the fact that, yeah, I don't know, I, I think it's decent. I think it's decent too. Mm, Five. Uh, I, 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 how about we do this system? Okay. Right. I, I, you always had your answer, but like, uh, I, how about we have to guess what the other person's going to... Uh, We've done that before. It never works. Yeah. That's not the other. Five. I'm going to say six. I think it's more than average. Five, six. There was a lot to be fair compared to other episodes. Yeah, and we I, actually did have to, like there was a it wasn't that many different things, but we learned a lot about the things that they did. Yeah, it's quite in depth. So six morals, the things we learn and be more ethical about. Um, well, we learned not to be. I don't know how to word it, but their egos about the fact that they didn't want to be shown up by a beggar. That's kind of harsh. Yeah, and uh, they won't let him marry Penelope because he's a beggar. You can have it. Yeah, and also. Um, I guess it's like just how we treat people and not to mock people yeah. because of their, who they are. You know yes. what I mean? In that status, you got to be kind to everyone. And, uh, sometimes it's better to uh, be a little bit horrible for a greater reason. Like yes, uh, when yeah. Telemachus is horrible to Eumaeus. Uh, but yeah. Or to his mum when he's like, go, go upstairs. Yeah, he's yeah. He's doing that because he knows that it's about to go down. Uh, 
And also, uh, I guess that um, if you are true of heart and true of strength, that you are able to accomplish anything. Yes. Like 12 axe handles. Because all those guys weren't, weren't good enough people. Weren't good enough people to string in. But then again, Odyssey does have a gun on the side, so it does out, kind of outweigh it. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. What do you think, Dan? I think... Five. Five, yeah. Bang average. Not too much, not too little. So creativity. Creativity. So a lot more stuff happened in this one than previous episodes, because uh, he did uh, quite a famous challenge here. Uh, he did. Uh, he shot the uh, Dissian bow. That's a very famous challenge. Um, so how creative is it, Dan? It's pretty creative. You want to elaborate? I would say. Well, there's quite a few. I like the creativity of how it was described, actually, in this particular scene. How they're closing the doors behind him. How the suit is, with, like, dramatic irony. We know what's about to happen. I really thought the imagery of him, like, this be- old beggar picking up the bow, stringing it, and then firing arrows across it's the... It's dramatic, isn't it? They would have been like... <gasps> yeah, it's it's a it's an yeah. awe-striking moment, yeah. isn't it? And uh, Talamica's picking up the weapons. Yeah, and, like, all... Uh, him revealing his identity as well, finally, yeah. like, at this last minute as well. Like mm. He could have probably done it earlier. Was he still disguised as a beggar? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And goes, they're just like, wait a minute. By the way, I'm Odysseus, by the way. That's yeah. how it <laughs> he's from 1930s New York. And so they definitely know he's Odysseus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's why the reason why they're helping him uh, do all the bits and bobs, because, you know... No, but I mean the suitors... Would they ever realize, do they just think it's a beggar who's very good with an arrow? Or are yeah, they like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. shit, no, no, it's him? No, I think, uh, yeah, they, they think it's just, that beggar's really good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. However, uh, I'm sure that, yeah, and things will be enlightened soon, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, um, but then again, it doesn't seem, it's not cray-cray. Like, in terms of, I like, it's more than the previous episodes, for sure. Um, but I feel it's still not crazy. So maybe a five? I think a five. I mean, is it four? Probably a four, isn't it? It's, it's not, not bad. It's, it's less and, than average, uh, though. Not a huge one actually really happened. But then again, uh, there's stuff like him string at the bow. It, this kind of stuff never happens. It's not an archetypal myth. This is no. like, I think it's different enough for it to be a five. Okay, I agree. It's yeah. innovative enough. And finally, to WTF. Not overly crazy. Nah, not crazy at all. The fact that a beggar's shooting something through, and yeah. I like, the, I kind of like the fact that Penelope mocks him as well. That's quite yeah, funny. that's quite funny. It's a bit WTF again. The fact that they didn't let him the beggar, they've been a bit harsh. Mm. They're like, I don't want a beggar to do it in case he's better than us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just general suitors, but again, maybe like a two or a three. Yeah, give it a two. Because there's no gore. There's yeah, no real. Give it a two. Two, yeah. Give it a two. So the scores are six plus five plus five plus two equals eighteen. Eighteen. Axe in the trout. In the trout. Oh, remember when I said that? That's funny. Yeah, bit like a, uh, you know, Ganymede's butthole. Ganymede's butthole. Oh yeah, Ganymede's butthole. So, uh, Dan, um, I think I'm excited to know the Odyssey's about to come to an end. That after twelve parts. After twelve parts. Which you th- did you ever think it was going to be this long? No. Uh, I didn't know they'd be in the suitor's house for this long. Actually, I thought they'd kind of arrive, and then within two episodes he'd be like done. But they've been in Ithaca. They've been in Ithaca for. He actually arrived in Ithaca ages ago. Yeah, uh, but I think he's just taken a while to just because re- he's he's got this plan in place, and uh, he just wants to because he's it. heavily outnumbered. So yeah. you've got to. So this is obviously the plan, right? Get them in the courtyard, lock well, them in. Yeah, that's not They're fun. obviously quite good fighters, though. 
Oh, let's find out. Uh, uh, let's not say any more. Because uh, you, you, if you want to hear more about it, check into next week's uh, episode for the finale of the uh, Odyssey. And uh, it's been an absolute treat to go through it with you. Uh, but we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, but is there anything final you want to say for this episode? Uh, no, thank you, everyone. So Five stars on iTunes, please. And if you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at misspodcast at gmail.com or find us online at social media at misspodcast on both Twitter and um, Facebook. And also, congratulations, Matt, that we read that all in order. Uh, yes, uh, th- th- I mean, that's the whole... Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, oh, sorry, just that's supposed to be at the very start. But this is the first story of the Odyssey. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's why it hasn't made sense yet. Yeah. I hope you've enjoyed this bit, and we'll catch you next week, guys. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Myths. Myths.